0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA podcast. It is your boy Samuel here. I am back. NBA season is about to be underway, and to kick things off with, you know, a little bit of um, some season preview action, I got with me my my friend Jaleel. Used to be a consistent, more um consistent um, co-host of the pod, but Jaleel's back. Jaleel, say what's up to the people.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's good to hear. You. It's good good to speak to you guys again. Ready to drop some NBA thoughts.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So preseason just, you know, finished up in the NBA and, you know, we've, we've gotten a, a pretty decent look at most of the teams around the around the league. Um, and today we're just going to talk about the Eastern Conference. I'm probably going to drop a Western Conference preview in the coming days, most likely. But me and Jale, we're going to focus on the Eastern Conference. We are going to go through which team we think had the best offseason, as well as discussing where each team is probably going to stack up this year. Um, which team was the best team, the worst team, and the most improved team, we think, um, this upcoming season, as well as any um, award candidates um, that we think will be present throughout this conference, which should be quite a few. Um, but, yeah, let's let's start things off with who who we think had the best offseason in the Eastern Conference.
1: All right, no problem. Um, I know this pick is a bit, of cl- a bit cliche, and I do have a dark horse pick as well, but I really think Atlanta had a thorough offseason.
0: Okay, and, okay, elaborate. I mean, obviously the
1: DeJounte Murray move is a big move for Atlanta, just bringing in another all-star level guard to assist Trey Young. And facilitation, scoring—that those are going to be important loads to help take off of Trey Young because, as as well as he is at those things with the high usage rate, unfortunately he gets lost in the high usage rate, and so his efficiency suffers. Especially so on the offsets. playoffs,
0: is he able to take him out of the the whole thing?
1: Yeah, I mean he his efficiency is definitely going to need to improve, and with Dejounte Murray, I definitely think. That opens the possibility for it to be more likely. And especially with him off the ball more, maybe he won't be averaging as many turnovers because he was averaging, I think, north of three turnovers. And that's kind of a lot, especially if you want to be a a playoff caliber team with more than just first round aspirations. So definitely, DeJounte Murray is going to help. Just help Trey Young bring down the usage so that he can Maybe find a better efficiency and just be more efficient with the ball on in all aspects of the offensive floor. And obviously he's gonna help loads on the defensive end, because DeJounte Murray is the type of basketball player that can defend the best player on opposing teams. Like, I mean, obviously he may not match up as well against the Kevin Durant's, but in reference to Trey Young, you definitely feel a lot better about handing off defensive assignments to DeJounte Murray, whether it's Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, James Harden. I think these are tasks that De- DeJounte Murray is far more equipped for than Trey Young, and he brings that element to the Hawks that they didn't really have. I mean, they got some big guys who can jump in the paint, but that's interior defense. They really need somebody who's going to establish some perimeter defense and a culture that takes pride within defense, because although they're an offensive team in an offensive league, at some point you're gonna to have to play some defense if you want to be something serious. And so I think he's definitely gonna to help to shift some of their identity from a offensive focus to a more defensive focus. And I think that's gonna be critical.
0: Hmm. I, I'm a lot I'm a lot lower on the Hawks coming into this season. Um I do like um the DeJounte move in terms of I agree with what you said in terms of, you know, helping Trey. But like two main things that they wanted to do this offseason, which they kind of like made a mistake in leaking was getting rid of John Collins and I think partially mm-hmm. wanting to get rid of Clint Capella um yeah. those two players I mean Clint Capella he's passed his 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 like more useful days when he was in Houston yeah, absolutely. and and John Collins is a turnstile on defense, but like offensively he like really needs guards to set him up so like if they if 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 they continue with this core, I really don't see how much more. How much more better they can get? Dejounte does add some wins, but like, how much, how much, how much more of a difference does it make as compared to like the impact of a John Collins? Because like for me, he is like something, some something that they really want to get rid of, and like the fact that they weren't able to, um, it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out, um, this coming off season. Um, yeah. for me, in terms of like who I think had the best off season. I think it's for me it's a tie between um between Cleveland and Detroit. Um Detroit had a really good draft, I think, in terms of getting Jaden Ivey and, and Jalen Duran. Um as well as, you know, getting some solid vets in Alec Burks, um, Boyang Bardanovich from the Utah Jazz. I feel like that will try, like that will help accelerate their 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 timeline in terms of like becoming more of a competitive team in the east. Um and then Cleveland of course, they made the big splash for getting Deva- Donovan Mitchell without having to give up much in Colin Sexton and um Laurie Markkinen. And I feel like, you know, he's he's on the right timeline with um guys like Darius Garland, Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley. And I feel like, you know, that will help them, you know, be a solid, a, a, a solid to contender playoff team, defend- depending on the development of a Darius Garland and a Evan Mobley throughout the next couple years as they're all locked in for, I think like the next three years together. So I think, I think those two teams really made some solid moves in terms of solidifying their, their progress in the East.
1: And it's so crazy that you said the Pistons, because I, I did want to say the Pistons, but I do feel like, because for me, the Hawks gave me the best of both worlds in the idea that they made the free agent move, but in trading Kevin Huerter, they were also able to get a first round draft pick for the Kings. And me personally, I am an advocate for the first-round draft picks because over the last five to six years, first-round draft picks are getting considerably better than they've been in the last 10 years. And any opportunity that you, you have to get closer to the opportunity to draft a Luka, a Trey Young, whoever it is in that top one to seven area, I think you take that chance because the return on investment is so great. Because what you'll have to invest for that first-round pick won't be near the type of talent you'll be able to get should that pick turn out to be top seven. And therefore, I am all for rebuilds and going for those first-round draft picks. And that's why, to me, the Hawks really really took that best team in the East move because they they made the big— well, not the big, but relative to what was available, they made the big splash move, this free agency, in terms of a trade. And they were also able to, to go to a team that, let's be real, probably won't win 35 games, maybe. So it's like, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in position to, to be in the draft, but also compete on the court. And you made, you just, I don't know, I just feel like it was a good move relative to how drafts have been going as of late. I really think the Hawks did well Cleveland yeah. I feel like was a little I feel like they gave a little bit too much because I don't know that Donovan Mitchell puts them exactly where they want to be like I don't know that Donovan Mitchell is going to get Cleveland to be a top sixteen in the east maybe they can still end up somewhere between seven and less and if I, I feel like if you make that big trade for for Donovan Mitchell we're definitely looking better than 7. Well, you should be looking for more than 7th seed.
0: I think I think I think they could be better than than that. I think it's it, I think it's all dependent on like the the progress of uh, Darius Garland cuz Darius Garland was really good last year. Yeah. Um and then also Jarrett Allen and um Evan Mobley, a big thing for them last year is they were on pace for like the 4th seed basically last year until their whole team just like felt like yeah. basically started getting injured. Jared Allen so, and Donovan.
1: Jared Allen and Evan
0: Mobley, they went down. Yeah, so I think if they keep up that same, like, progress and then adding a Donovan Mitchell on top of that, who who takes away some of that scoring and playmaking um d- dependency that they were so reliant on from Darius Garland last year, because, like, Darius Garland had to do everything in terms of setting up their whole offense. So giving them someone like Donovan Mitchell to make the job easier on him, I feel like it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to elevate their team to uh, – a a, a better level than it was last year.
1: But to piggyback on what you said about Detroit, that Jaden Ivy pick, I think that's gonna probably be one of the better draft picks selected in this in this draft. Obviously Benkiro's Bankyro and Holmgren has the ceiling to be something special. But aside from those two, I really do think Jaden Ivy was a good pick for them. I think he'll he'll fit well in what they have and with Cade and him, I definitely feel like the combo guard tandem that they'll be able to provide should they develop into good three-point shooters? I think yeah, I that's think it big would be for them. Very legit, but the way the NBA is trending, they're kind of more likely to be competent three-point shooters because yeah. of how the NBA trends.
0: Yeah. Um. Moving on. I mean, I I know we didn't have this listed as a, as a as a as a as a as a topic in terms of who had the worst off season, but I mean, I feel like it's like a three-way tie between like three different teams. I mean, you have Charlotte with Miles Bridges and him getting, like, in legal trouble and, you know, doing acts that I don't even really want to describe right now because right. they're, like, so graphic.
1: It's not, not worth
0: Yeah, and, like, he basically tanked their whole offseason because after what he did, it basically ruined their, their plans and what they were going to do. And they ended up signing guys like Dennis Smith Jr., who was, like, basically almost out of the league. And, like... That was, like, their only memorable move that I can think of right now. Um, and, like, they didn't bring in anyone to replace Miles Bridges, who was a big part of their offense last year. Um, they look like they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year, I think, honestly.
1: They're definitely going to be one of the worst teams in the league, more than likely, especially with LaMelo not starting off the season, from what yeah. I'm understanding.
0: He's out for that's at least a month. to
1: get him off. Exactly. That's going to get him off to a bad start, not to mention. They're not, like you said, they're not looking too good. Who knows? What the Miles Bridges situation is? Apparently, we're supposed to hear something tomorrow, but they pushed it back so many times. I,
0: I yeah, they keep pushing it back.
1: To assume he'll be ready in the next two weeks, so they're definitely they're definitely going to be down bad in in reference to what they should be bringing to the table. I'm gonna say Chicago because they Mm. didn't do anything, and they have serious serious problems. The way they looked against Philly was despicable. I mean, not Philly. The Bucks was despicable. That <laughs> you, you can't put together the type of regular season you had and go out like that. Because in my personal opinion, teams, if you get 4-1 in the first round of the playoffs, that kind of means you really weren't supposed to beat It's like, so yeah. I, I, I don't think Chicago did anything at all. Lonzo yes. Ball's not coming back.
0: Oh yeah, he is cooked. His knees are finished. I
1: don't know what they're going to do about that because he was playing. Because when the Bulls were playing well,
0: he was. It was because of him. He was right. He was one of their better defenders. He was shooting great from three. I think he was shooting at least above thirty-eight, which is by NBA
1: standards pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to get back from that. (sighs) Yeah, I'm not. I don't know yeah. if DeMar Rosen can repeat what he did last year either.
0: Yeah, that season was, like, one of those seasons where it's, like, you're not replicating that again, so you better make the most of it. He got um, to. And I was originally low on them coming into last season, and, like, they kind of proved me right at the end of the year. But, like, coming into this year, it's just, like, standards are even – they should be even lower for them because, like – they didn't, like you said, they didn't really improve on anything. They lost the key guy and Lonzo. Basically, um, they signed over. like Andre Drummond. That was like their one big, like, significant move. And it's yeah. just like he's
1: just terrible. He's <laughs> like he's two years from out of the league. <laughs> His feet don't move. He barely wants to get a rebound. It's like, and bro, he's
0: taking threes now, apparently. So all of them, he's taking all of the threes. Yeah, so it's looking it's looking very spooky for Chicago. Um but yeah, I'm like I'm I agree on I agree with you there. I also think they had a really bad off season. The East had a lot of bad off seasons like from different angles. I mean, you could look at the Boston Celtics with all the conundrum with Eme Udoka and how much of a distraction that caused. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then you got the Brooklyn Nets with their whole drama that was going on this offseason with dudes requesting trades, then now everyone's all back on the same page. I I mean, they asked for Steve Nash to be fired. How can you go back and, like, play for the dude now? Like, I just don't get that.
1: I I do believe a good amount of what's happening with the
0: Brooklyn Nets is he say, she say. Wait, come back to the mic a little bit.
1: Oh, I apologize. I said I do feel like some of the things that happened with the Nets is he say, she say. And mm. I think it's 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 a little like the Draymond situation in that even if these these are things that people within this organization genuinely feel, that's not how it's supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm, should, was somebody supposed to leak that KD really wanted to be away from Josiah and Steve Nash when a week later he said, you know what, I'm willing to try? It's like, goodness, what did they tell you in one week to make you go from, fire on my front office too. I'll give it a shot.
0: Yeah. So it's yeah, it, it it was it was very weird over there. All right, so let's get into to standings and I guess like predictions for each team. We could sp- we could spend about roughly like 5 minutes on each team cuz and and once we get to the lower teams, I don't think there's really much to talk about, so really going to be focusing more on the, like the top 10 to 12 teams um in the east So going based off last year's standings, we can start off with the Miami Heat. Um I'm I'm not I'm not that high on the Heat coming into this year, honestly. I mean, I know they got Jimmy Butler, they got um they lost PJ Tucker. I feel like that's a big that's a big um subtraction right there in terms of like definitely a
1: glue guy and definitely mm -hmm. a guy who helps build a culture.
0: Yeah. And I mean Miami's already strong on culture, like that's their whole brand at this point. Like culture is everything for them. Um, but I do think losing a guy like him is key. Um, they're really they're really relying on like Kyle Lowry to return to some type of form, and he's getting up there in age, which is concerning. Um, and they gave him that big contract. They gave Tyler Hero a big contract, and he's expected to have an expanded role this year as well. Um, I'm not too high on Tyler Hero as, a, as as a player as a whole, just because of he is required to be so much more than what he's actually supposed to be for the Heat. Like, they need him to be this dynamic scorer. And there are times where he can get hot and stuff, but, like, that's not what he's best suited as. Like, I think he's best suited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: That I can definitely agree with. With the Miami Heat, um, like you said, they're kind of prepping Tyler Hero for a role that, and again, no offense to Tyler Hero, he's a good basketball player, but I'm not sure that he's ready to be a number two next to Jimmy Butler on a team competing for the NBA Finals. Maybe on a nice contender or a legitimate team, but for a team buying for the NBA Finals, I don't know that you can count on Tyler Hero to be your number two guy. Not yeah. to mention, Jimmy Butler was playing very epically. Are, are we going to sit here and pretend that Jimmy Butler is gonna do, does that every single time he goes to the playoffs? Don't get me wrong. He gets better in the playoffs. His numbers do get better. But are... Are we that confident that Jimmy Butler's going to do what he did last season in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like I said before, I'm I'm not too high on them coming into this year. Um, I mean, every year they somehow manage to like pull some imaginary players out of their ass to like be contributors, but I just don't see it with them this year. Like they'd really have to ha- they, they'd have to have Kyle Lowry like be Kyle Lowry again. And he's getting up there in age, like I said before. So we'll see what done. But I have them like in like the five to six seed area right now. Yeah, like I could see them six. being that.
1: Definitely. Um, I have them four to six in, in that range. There, there are a few teams I feel like can fit that spot. But any, anywhere between. I mean, I guess they're liable to go lower. But I don't think they will be able to replicate the type of regular season they had last year. And I think some of the teams, the powerhouses in the East, are gaining consistency, like Philly, the Nets, Raptors a little bit, Cleveland a little bit. And so I don't know that they'll be able to be as unopposed as they were last year.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. So I think, yeah, we can slot them in that five to six range. Um, Celtics. We kind of briefly spoke about the Celtics just now, but um, they were the second seed last year. Um, they improved actually on, on their roster. I think in terms of getting um Malcolm Brogdon, a little bit of an injury scare with him because you know he's always out and like you're not guaranteed to get a full season from him. Um, they did get Gallinari who who ended up tearing his ACL, um, but they replaced him with um Blake Griffin. Um, we'll see how much of a contributor Blake Griffin can be because it seemed like the Nets were really not that high on him last year as they kept him benched for most of the year. Um, but yeah, I think Boston will still be a pretty like good team next year because they still have much of the roster from last year returning.
1: I personally have Boston slotted somewhere between 1, 2, and 3. Fair. I do think that they can be a 1 seed, but... Because of the things that happen with their coach in the offseason, I do think it, it can have somewhere between a five and ten game repercussion. I do think they are the same talented defensive team, but I'm not sure they're gonna be as on point as I'm not I'm not sure they'll be able to dot every I and cross every T like they once did with with Ime Udoka at the helm because he's somebody from the Spurs and what we know from the Spurs is they're very meticulous and very detail-oriented in their game planning. And preparation for games. And so, I don't know if losing Imei Adoka will take away from their game planning and preparation. Not to mention, like you said, I personally am very much so not moved on Brogdon. Them getting Brogdon doesn't even mean anything. Because, what, he played maybe 20 games last year, if that?
0: Yeah, he's always hurt.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, we can't even... As it currently stands, he still, even if he plays, he still only has like 30 games of impact that we can assume from now. Mm-hmm. I do like the Blake Griffin, move, though. He was playing very, very well for Brooklyn in the playoffs. It's just unfortunate he, he was playing, one, the Celtics, and two for Brooklyn. But Blake Griffin, is, he's, a, he's a really good team guy. He was, he was taking a lot of charges.
0: Yeah, he's he's, kept, he's to dedicated injuries. himself he more to that. defense in his later years.
1: And he's he's developed the three point jumper, so it's like I'm not saying he's built for the prime time moments and heavy minutes and and be and carrying out that that role in the rotation. But with Robert Williams the third out for probably a month or two, maybe three, I definitely think Blake Griffin will be able to step in and, and do a lot. And personally, I like the Blake Griffin pick over the Gallinari pick, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, the Gallinari thing, it's unfortunate because he was going to add a dimension to their game, which I think a lot of people are looking forward to in terms of um, like, ha- being able to have a lineup of m- almost all floor spacers. Um, and maybe Blake Griffin will slot into that role, as you alluded to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Boston still has like pretty much the same overall top-end talent to still be as good as they were um, last year. Again, I do think the coaching thing we'll see how much it does affect them because sometimes coaching does make that that much of an impact on the team, so we'll see um but yeah, I, I agree with you. I have them slotted between like one and three still because I still think that top end talent could still take them over the top. take
1: them over the edge, yeah they're still one of the they still have one of the better duos in the East. yeah
0: um let's move on to the milwaukee bucks man as i'm going through the east i'm like i'm really shaky on a lot of teams because like no team is like really like popping out to me as like the overall like dominant team that's going to be like steamrolling this year which is pretty good because it's like it allows for more parity in the league and it allows for like that's all these cool. games to be more interesting that's and stuff we need.
1: we need more parity in the league
0: yeah so t- going on to milwaukee I mean, they got Giannis. They're always going to be, like, a top three to four team in the East. Um, yep. And, I mean, I'm not really sold on the rest of their supporting cast. They're they're all getting, like, really up there in age in terms of, like, key contributors. So if I go to their roster, um, and, I mean, they still got Chris Middleton. He's still coming back from injury. He hasn't really come back yet. Pat is going to be out for, like, the first month of the year. He's one of their better bench players, I would say.
1: I think he occasionally starts between him and Grayson Allen.
0: Yeah, and then speaking of Grayson Allen, he was someone that playoff time in in the Boston series, it was looking real shaky. So, we'll see with him.
1: In Milwaukee's defense, they were out of Chris Middleton and still went seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true, true. But I will say the the supporting pieces that were around them that got extended time, like a George Hill, um, and a Brooke Lopez. They're getting up there in age.
1: They're
0: getting up there in age. Um, they brought back Sergi Baca. I have no idea why he doesn't really play much for them anymore. Um, looking also here, Joe Ingles coming off a torn ACL injury at the age of. 35 years old that's a little sketch that's way more than a little sketch that that's that's very concerning but i I mean he's not really someone that comes like he's not someone that's really like athletically inclined anyways so like we'll see how much it really affects him but that could slow him down a bit and they need like people out there that can like move their feet this team is really old though like i'm looking george hill 36 drew 32 serge 33 ingles 35 brook 34 west matthews 36 i mean chris middleton is already 31 like this team is getting up there in age
1: they're definitely getting up there in age but when and and this is a this is a testament to the type of player that Giannis has been over the last four or five years Mm -hmm. he is he's going to put those boys on his back and he's going to take them to at least the second round he's it's getting to a point where the consistency with Giannis and at least getting out of the first round is on par with those of the elite great. To where we're getting to a point where it's like, okay, we know you're going to get out of this round,
0: but yeah, it's like expected.
1: Exactly. Are, exactly. It's to a point where if you don't get out of this round, we're now looking at you like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. And so he's he's head and shoulders the best player in the league, and unfortunately. As long as you're the best player in the league, we have to pencil you in for at least probably a, a visit to the second round, and depending on the type of help you have, which I, I think, even though his help is a bit old, they understand their roles, and the Bucks are yes. with no drama. Like They're one of the few NBA teams in NBA cities that doesn't have a whole bunch of drama floating around. We got people punching each other in the face in Golden State, we got... We got the Kawhi, Paul George. We we don't even know what type of season Clippers fans are gonna have. It's the madness in L.A. Like it's it's a lot going on in the NBA, and I feel like for the Bucks to be able to quiet all the noise and just be basketball oriented, I think it's gonna be great for them, especially with their head coach who's been providing a lot of consistency. He's a good head coach and consistently like fifty plus wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. B- Bucks top three.
0: Yep, can't go wrong there. Um 76ers. All right. <laughs> man. So James Harden, man, he had <laughs> one hell of a season last year in terms of um starting off in Brooklyn, that going to shit really fast. Um then what you call it, demanding a trade basically, getting shipped off to 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 Philly for Ben Simmons. I mean that whole situation was wild. I mean the whole season he was basically out of shape too. I mean, yeah, you could clearly see it taking a toll on he his game.
1: Unmotivated.
0: Yeah, I mean interested. he was he was very unmotivated in Brooklyn, um, and then in, in the playoffs in Philly, I mean he had like a lot of bad games, including like he had this one good game that like kind of like tricked folks, and I was like, mm-hmm. yo, y'all cannot be falling for this again. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was game. What was it? It was game four at home where he had 31 points and it tricked folks. And I was like, yo, y'all cannot be getting tricked by this again. And they did. Hey, Philly
1: almost messed around and lost to the Raptors.
0: Yeah. They almost gave up that.
1: What you that, call what was it? A three, one a three, one lead. Three, one lead. They <laughs> lost two. You no, know, not two straight. No, I
0: think, no, it, was, it was, was a 3-0 lead. It was a 3-0 lead. They lost two and straight. And they did lose two straight. You're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It definitely leaves a lot to be desired from a team that's supposedly supposed to have the, big, big, the best big man in basketball and the best shooting guard in the last 12 years. It, it definitely leaves a lot to be desired. But at the end of the day, I do think that with... What Embiid is bringing to the table in terms of dominance, he's no Shaquille O'Neal, he's no Will Chamberlain, he's no Kevin Durant, LeBron James, or Luka Doncic for that matter, but he commands a lot of respect from teams and their defensive game plans, and as long as you have a player that is that gravitational, you'll be able to find ways to get wins. The Warriors find ways to get wins, the Nuggets find ways to get wins, because the other team has to come in and game plan around your best player. And if someone has the game plan around your best player, it opens opportunities for people who are not your best player to maybe play like it or have increased opportunities to show what type of basketball player they are. As long as Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey is going to get a lot of open jump shots. And yeah. If he hits them, he's going to become somebody. And it's, it's more so that premise that Joel Embiid is going to continue to take the pressure off of James Harden, off of Tobias Harris, who, oh my goodness. <sighs> they need to abolish his contract <laughs> Also Tyrese Maxey. Those type of things so that so that James Harden can beat he's not going to become the James Harden of vote. And that's he tricked us into believing that he was really that type of guy, but really he's Allen Iverson. He's a very good basketball player for a stretch of time, but when he's not that, he's not anything. And if you can't develop your game to the next level to take yourself to the level you want to be at, then okay. I'm not sure okay. you can be considered one of the okay. greats like some of the other guys in Isaiah Thomas, et cetera, et cetera. James Harden has to be able to adapt his game to be championship and playoff basketball. And If he can't do that, then Philly is not going to go far, but there's still going to be a top three team in the regular season because, again, Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I feel like Tyrese Maxey has like taken his taken the step to become the second best player on this team. Like he's yeah. been consistently that good digging back to like the playoffs. I mean, his first playoff game he had like 30 or something. Like th- that is just like crazy stuff. But I also like the moves that they made in the off season in terms of, you know, um PJ Tucker like I mentioned earlier, um De- getting DeAnthony Melton from, from the, the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. I feel like that was a really good move as well. Um, Daniel house is always a, a pretty solid three-point shooter so mm. getting those three guys i feel like is going to help out with their depth because i think that was something that they struggled with last year sometimes they had to like bring out um furcon Korkmaz and <laughs> um what you call shake it shake Gordon. milton and like and Georges niang and those guys they're all like pretty solid players but like you don't want to like
1: if those are the like, guys that you're relying on, you're not going to go too far.
0: Yeah, especially on your you second left unit. Left. If like, those are supposed to be your main guys off the bench, then that's concerning. You're in trouble. But, yeah, I do I do like their moves, and I do think that they can be a top like a top three team in the East this coming year. Because the thing with
1: Philly is it's the ceiling. They have the ability to have a high ceiling, and mm-hmm. that's why I feel like they can't be counted out. Because, again, 51 wins last year with no bench. It's pretty good. Now, what if you have James Harden for sixty-five games? They probably win another what? Eight, nine. In eight, nine games, his first seed at that point. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Milwaukee was like what fifty-seven wins last year.
0: They were Celtics fifty-one. Were
1: like 50, they were fifty-one. The Celtics are like fifty-five, something like that. So it's
0: Celtics were like fifty-one it. as well. It was Miami oh, so at the top, fifty-three.
1: That's what I'm saying. So it's like, yo, is James Harden worth three wins? When you have no men? Absolutely. He has to be. So it's like, I definitely think Philly has the very high ceiling. But it, it, it honestly depends when Chris Middleton comes back.
0: And how that plays out for the Bucks?
1: Yeah. Because I, I, they're going to have to start the season without him. Now Giannis yeah. is coming out here like, yo, still the best player in the league. The East is in trouble.
0: Facts, we got um Toronto coming in at five, um Toronto very another interesting team, um last year there was it was their first year back in in Toronto, um they were playing in Tampa during the um the COVID year, but I mean they got a pretty they got a pretty solid roster. I mean their team is always known for having like almost all guys over like six seven. I mean look at their main guys O G and Scotty Barnes. Um, Siaco. Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. Thaddeus Young, yeah. um, Boucher, like all those guys, they're all like over six, six, seven. They added Otto Porter Jr. I think that was a really good move for them. Um, solid three point shooter, another tall six eight guy. Um, um, I mean, other than that, I mean, I like their draft pick, um, Christian Coloco. He find, they finally got like a seven actual seven footer. We'll see how much he plays. Um, I like this game at Arizona, um, but yeah. Other than that, I, I feel like Toronto is like one of those teams where like you you kind of like pretty much know where they're gonna be at, and I feel like they'll still be around like this like this five to eight range. I think that's a pretty fair like assessment of them.
1: No, I, de- I definitely think that's a good range. I'm gonna go a bit lower, honestly. Just because of some of the teams I have in the one to three and four to six bracket,
0: mm, okay. But
1: I, I, I do think Toronto probably caps out at seven because I do think that there are six teams that are confidently more skilled than they are. And to be truthfully honest, I am I have not bought into the Scotty Barnes.
0: Mm, okay, I okay, do like fair. that he's a
1: defensive wing, but let's be real: how many defensive rookies have come into the game in the last ten years and turned it around for a franchise? Not many. It's the offensive side of the ball that we see be one of the biggest overhauls for teams by an individual player. Don't get me wrong. You can overhaul a defense, but it's not usually with one player. It usually takes an effort, different head coaching, game planning, and in addition to players, whereas... You can simply fix your offense in one year if you get somebody who is that much of an offensive guy, and I just don't know that Scotty Barnes is going to be the difference. Well, I don't know that Scotty Barnes will be able to allow Toronto to keep up with some of the teams in the East that I think are going to be legit. They're not better than the Celtics. They're not better than Philly. They're not better than the Bucks. They're not better than Miami. They're not. They're not better than the Nets. And they're not. Hold on. I said. I said the Bucks, Philly, the Celtics. My Cavs. Name. thank you Cavs, and the nets that's already six teams so for me personally i do think they can cap out at seven but they are liable to be in that play-in and potentially not in the playoffs at all
0: mm, okay
1: because okay. siakam, siakam's game is not refined we can say whatever we want about siakam it's not refined we we can't count on siakam to be el- an elite scorer on a on a playoff team that we, again, that we have expectations for. He can do well uh, next to a Kawhi Leonard, a a 1A. Yeah, yeah you saying he's, he's best suited
0: as a number a. two.
1: He's a number two. And if you're running your team with number twos, no offense, it, there's a limit on what you'll be able to do because Scotty Barnes is not what. Like he's a baby Siakam right now. It's not like the, he could shoot. If he had a standstill jump shot, even if it was slow, that would be one thing. He's not there yet, and quite frankly, neither is Siaka, especially consistently.
0: Yeah, I think I think that the, the 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 like the growth of this team is gonna really be dependent on a Scotty Barnes, and even like someone like an OG Ananobi, who's twenty five, still pretty young. Had a pretty good year for them last year. Again, missed a lot of time with injury. Only played 48 games, which has been something that's been a consistent um, issue for him as of late. Um, I will say also um, someone like they're also going to need guys like Precious Achua to step up. He's he's one of the young guys that they took a flyer on from Miami um, in that Goran Dragic-Kyle Lowry um, deal. Um. So yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to expect big things out of Precious Achua and 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 those young guys. But we'll, we'll see how that all shapes out. Because, um, Toronto's development program has also been no joke. Um, over the last couple one of years, the develop,
1: development the that Yeah. So you that can always count on their young guys to step it yeah. up, or at least get better from year to year.
0: Yeah. Um, Chicago. <laughs> We were both low on Chicago's offseason, so I think we'll probably have them pretty low on these standings as well. I mean, I have them like a play, like low play-in range, possibly missing it.
1: Yeah. No, Any, anywhere between 8 and 10 that you prefer, honestly, at this point. Um, they're not terrible. They have DeMar DeRozan. They have Zach Levine. So they definitely have one of the lower-end duos, but they still have a better duo than Miami. The Raptors, and as long as you have that guy, you are liable to go just that inch further. You know what I mean? Like, if you got that guy, you, you, you're liable to have that X factor. You could still not have it, but you're more likely to have it. And so, I agree. The Bulls are definitely in that seven to eight range as well. If that, you know what? No, not seven to eight, nine or less. Cause how are we gonna put them over the Hawks? That's egregious.
0: <sighs> oh man, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm low on the Bulls like all the way. I mean, they, Bulls. they, do, like you said, they do have Damar and Zach, but like we kind of know what the ceiling of those two are at this Definitely. point, and like yeah damar i mean i could go i could go on and on about how low i am on damar i was like shitting on him the whole year last year even despite his mvp caliber season but yeah i mean like even looking at their (laughs) i'm looking at their roster right now their their supporting cast is really poor it's kobe white alex caruso andre drummond goran dragic ayu disumnu um javante green patrick williams like these are guys that they're relying on to support demar derozan and exactly. levine nikola vucevic a,
1: no Vuc is supposed to support them and he's yeah, doing that no. that's too
0: yeah i mean t- yeah i'm i'm again once again for the second year in a row i'm very low on the bulls because they just they don't they're not moving me like they're not moving no. me right now
1: but actually, before we get off the bulls, I do want to say one last thing. I'm going to pull that Zach Levine card because he had a problem with Demar Derozan coming in and being the number one, but mm. Zach Levine didn't want to outplay him. So I definitely think that that's going to play a role into what's happening because I think that was one of the underrated all season stories is that Zach Levine had a problem with Demar Derozan coming to his team and essentially being the guy and. And the organization and the team gravitating towards DeMar DeRozan, and as long as your number two guy is hating on your number one guy, there's going to be a limit on what you're able to do. And so, if Paul George is hating on Kawhi, how far are the Clippers are going to go? Probably not far. And so, with 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 Zach Levine making it vocal that he had a problem with DeMar DeRozan coming in, and making it vocal that he would like to be on a different team, I remember it was a point we were talking about. Maybe Zach Levine to the Hawks. And so it's like, I don't know. We're definitely going to have to. I want to see how the attitudes in that locker room have changed from the off season and how that's going to play into their season. Because um, even though they're not a team with a lot of drama, like the Nets per se or Philly, but in reference to teams like the Bucks and the Raptors and, and, and the Pistons and, and the Heat, there's some drama over there. And Zach Levine hating on... Hey, you know, DeMar DeRozan, to me, is definitely a big problem in the
0: locker room. I I I don't even remember that storyline because the offseason was just like so many different things going on. I don't even remember that was a thing. Um, But yeah, moving on to the Nets. <laughs> oh, man. Every year I come in like super low on the Nets. Um, For me, it's just like it's not, it's 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 like a personal like hater thing in me to, like, hate on the other team in New York as a Knicks fan. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, it's also, like, I can't ignore all the past. We can't.
1: We can't ignore what we've seen. What we've seen is fact.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I remember when we used to do the pod with, what you call it, with Kev and Frankie and Rico and all of them. We used to talk about, like, how did we think this Nets team was going to be? And here we are, like four, like, three, four years later, and, like, it's exactly almost like how we predicted it was going to go. Like Kyrie having like certain issues, Katie and them, like who's going to be the leader, who's going to like rally the guys, like everything that we predicted back then. And I even like shared a clip on it with my story um, like a couple months ago to like see like when all this shit was going down. And I was just like, yo, it's crazy how like we, we predicted like this would happen because like it's so predictable with these like two guys leading this team, right. like where it was going to go. But yeah, I'm once again not that high on the Nets because, like you said, what we've seen has not really given us much to rely on. Um, I will go over their offseason additions real quickly before we like really dive deeper into their team. So they traded for Royce O'Neal, which was hilarious because at the moment they traded for Royce O'Neal right before Kevin Durant made his trade request. So it was like the team wasn't even on the same page in terms of like what their di- direction was going to be. Um, but, yeah, they did get him, which is a, a solid addition, good defender. TJ Warren, who is still out with whatever happened to his foot, um, it's been, like, what, two years, three years yeah. now? What's
1: going on two years, maybe three, yeah. That's it's definitely cr- a problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how much I, – I know a lot of Nets fans are anticipating, you know, having him for, like, more wing depth, but, like – the dude's been out for almost three years now. I really, I really wouldn't count on him being a factor. Um, they added Edmund Sumner. I will call Ben Simmons in offseason addition because he even play last year. Markeith Morris, Utah Watanabe. Um, and yeah, those are the offseason additions for the Nets. Um, I mean, Ben Simmons is probably the biggest one in terms of be- him being there this year and being available to play. Um, I mean, you know, you know this for me personally. I've never been high on Ben Simmons. I mean, I've said this on this pod so many, too many times to to count at this point. But if your offense isn't going to expand from like the paint and like really close in the paint, um, like I know the Nets don't really need him to be a floor spacer because like they have KD, they have Kyrie, they have Patty Mills, they have Joe Harris, they have all these guys. But like, he still has to like do stuff on offense like he just can't like hang out just in like the court. dunker spot or like be in the mid post passing court. out of stuff like that won't work yeah for the net, at
1: least.
0: yeah and and like teams know what he wants to do now so he has to like make the defense honest now he has to like start taking a lot start taking some more mid-range shots he took one the other day it was horrible brick uh, i i still think he's shooting with the wrong hand um but that's another issue for another time um and defensively, what is this team's identity? Is it we're relying on Ben Simmons to like save us? But yeah, how do you feel about the Nets?
1: Like I said, um, as long <laughs> as you have Kyrie Irving, you're you're liable for at 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 worst, somewhere between forty one and sixty games. Um if you're interested in forty one to sixty games of an NBA season, I commend you. I'm not. I like all 82 games. <laughs> so I'm I'm definitely not a fan of Kyrie in in that in that element that he brings. I don't like that for reasons aside from injury, whether it be personal beliefs, things going on in your personal life, and things of that nature, he finds ways to miss games. He finds ways to miss games. He doesn't miss games <laughs> for things NBA players miss games for. <laughs> he just misses games for those things. And so for me. That's a big problem because what type of culture are we trying to set? Is it that we are, hey, let's come in here and work hard every day. And whatever our results are, they're what we they are. But we, exactly. But we came in here and we, that's why I can support the Knicks. We, we might not be good, but guess what?
0: You know them boys going to be there busting their ass.
1: You, will, you feel me? <laughs> Give me that at least, okay? I don't want to come in here and find out Kyrie's not playing because there's an insurrection on the Capitol. Excuse me? Excuse me? So that's always gonna be a problem. I do think they can be that four to six range. they they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and yeah. Kevin Durant is still enough to win 45 games. Period. Kevin Durant alone is worth 45 games. If you pair him with a Kyrie, they can get you 45 to 55 games. Easy. But again, it's about the culture you're gonna set. And because of all the all-season issues, me personally, you gotta get rid of Steam Nash.
0: Yeah, I don't know you how they have, come into this season with him there.
1: I mean, let's be real. He has not been coaching. And let's let's be real. He should not he should not have gotten the job. The job that Steve Nash has right now is a job for somebody who's done it before. Not somebody who needs time to figure it out. Because the Nets don't have time to figure it out. Exactly. Because now, what? Let's say, God forbid, whatever the reason may be, the Nets don't win. Now what? Steve Nash has had three seasons of... By whatever whatever metrics the Nets are going to measure their head coach by, he underachieved. He might be a a competent NBA head coach, which I don't think he is, <laughs> but he hasn't he hasn't met the standards that the Nets need so that the Nets can be the team that they're trying to be. And if Steve Nash is not going to help you become the team you're trying to be, you have to move on from him and, and give the team a fair opportunity to become who they can become. And so. I'm 46 6 on the Nets. They definitely have the potential to go way lower. I don't want to say top three just because of the lack of consistency from Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Um, I do like the addition of Ben just because what he brings to the table is not redundant, redundant like with James Harden and Kyrie. But like you said, if they're just going to dump the defensive responsibility on Ben Simmons, that's not going to solve anything. Nope. Now Ben just has to play 47 minutes a game, trying to lock up everybody, and this is the NBA, you're going to get cooked. So now what? You're going to ask him to come play Giannis, good defense and all that. And then in the next game, go guard Joel Embiid or James Harden. That's, that's unreasonable lot. to ask somebody to come in day in and day out and take in all of your defensive responsibilities, especially when nobody else is basically trying. Like I mean, Kevin Durant's jumping at the rim, but is he stopping anybody from getting there? No.
0: Nah, you no, know we what? saw we saw in that Boston series that he ain't he ain't scaring nobody up there.
1: I will say this though: Kyrie versus James Harden, that one game, I have never seen Kyrie Irving so motivated to not let somebody <laughs> pass. Yo,
0: nah, he Yo, was locked in. If
1: Kyrie Irving plays basketball like that. <laughs> then the Brooklyn Nets have no ceiling, but he's not going to play like that because if he could, I'd like to believe he would have done it in his illustrious somewhere between eight and nine year career
0: nah so, he was locked and i never seen yo, him james locked Harden, in before yo, like, like, he was what? picking him up I, full court
1: <laughs> really like yo it was crazy it was a little saddening <laughs> on james harden's end because i'm like yo you're letting you're this man who, like Kyrie. mind you this man has barely played basketball this year He's probably
0: played Six games of until was off, like a meal of banana and waters because it was Yes, Yes, it was and he during was and He was
1: killing. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. But again, we can't... What we're not going to do is give people credit for things that they haven't done up until now. Yeah. And so as it presently stands, we can't expect too much from the Nets. But a team with Kyrie and Kevin Durant has... They're going to have some level of expectations. And I think that's about... Somewhere between 45 55 wins, which should put them four to six.
0: Fair, fair, fair. I right, definitely agree. All right, we got the Atlanta Hawks. Um, You know, the hater in me is always low on, you know, a, a rival team of ours Um, Absolutely. as a Knicks fan. You know, getting eliminated by the Hawks, it still kind of stings a little bit. Still kind of no, stings a lot bit.
1: of it. We were not supposed to lose that series. Say, <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean, the hater in me is 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 always low on our rivals, whether it be the Hawks, the Bulls, the Nets, whoever it may be. Um, again, I'm I'm not. I, I did I did like the Dejounte Murray move for them. A lot of people were trying to clown the Knicks for not going all in on a Dejounte Murray move, but I didn't think it really fit DeJounte for our team. Murray, yeah, the Knicks, th- yeah. You should see, see in Twitter a lot of people are clowning the Knicks for not going after yeah, Dejounte Murray. Absolutely not. <laughs>
1: Not when we have Julius Randle, unfortunately. If we didn't have Julius Randle, I'd say you know what, make the move. But-
0: yeah, yeah, but he just he just didn't fit here with the floor spacing that we have. Yeah. It, it made more sense to get someone like a Jalen Brunson who could like spread the floor and whatnot. I mean, we, we will get into the Knicks very, very, very in very um, shortly. Um, but yeah, sticking onto the Hawks, going through their offseason additions, they did get Dejounte Murray. They also got um, Aaron Holiday, who was on the Suns last year as a backup guard. Um, they also acquired Justin Holiday from the Kings in that um, trade with um, Kevin Herter. Um, they also got Frank Kaminsky. I did not know that. Okay. That's, That's interesting.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, They also got AJ Griffin via the draft. He was um, a highly touted When um, oh, You said AJ of- Griffin? Yeah, AJ Griffin out of From Duke. Kansas? From Duke.
1: Oh no, no, no. Duke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. A lot he of people were really shoot, high right? on
0: him. Yeah, Small he can point? shoot. But yeah. the the main concern with him was the the knee injuries. Um that's always concerning with a with a young player. You don't want that to linger. You don't want that to be something that um comes back. Um but he did look fairly healthy in preseason. So that's 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 encouraging for them. Um they also got Jarrett Culver, um, who looks like a bust so far in his NBA career. So shout out to Jarrett Cole for getting a, a second chance somewhere. But um, yeah, their offseason season moves weren't really that great outside of DeJounte Murray. Um, as things stand, I think like their main rotation is like guys like Trey young, of course, Deandre Hunter, Bogdanovich, Clint Capella, John Collins. And then they got backups in Okongwu, AJ Griffin, holiday, both the holiday brothers. Um, and yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, DeJounte, he does add some, he does add some wins and last year they finished with, um, 43 wins. It was, I believe. So maybe they get to like 45, 46 this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's like, I'm not, I don't think it's, I I don't think the DeJounte move brings, um, that much better i do think it does help trey as you said a lot um like trey definitely gets gets some much needed help in the backcourt because a backcourt of him and kevin Herter were just not doing it defensively um de um deandre hunter gets to um not be that sole wing defender um and you know yeah i mean i think they'll still pretty much be around like I would say five to eight is a pretty good range. I, I think they can still fit in within, but yeah.
1: I haven't. I haven't been with the Raptors somewhere between seven and ten. Okay. You know, pick, you know, pick your spot. It depends on the outcome of the playing. Mm-hmm. I do. I do agree. T Murray is a good addition, but like you said, I don't know that he equates to that many more tangible wins for the Hawks because some of their problems he still does not solve mm-hmm. they still have certain score. like the murray was scoring well on the spurs <laughs> but what is he gonna do on the hawks is he gonna start taking jump shots i don't know
0: yeah because that's that's a big part right there
1: because there's Clint capella who's gonna be standing in the paint there's okonku who i'm pretty sure more than likely is probably gonna be standing in the paint and though john collins can shoot
0: you don't want him shooting that much. Yeah, I
1: was about to say. <laughs> once he attempts four, if he's not two for four, we're gonna we're calling it a night. Like, go catch a lob or something. So, I do agree. Um, they have a decent head coach. He's not one of the elite coaches in the East. He's all that, right. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he's good. He's serviceable. I don't think that he's average or anything. But it's I don't know that with what they have presently. They're ready to make that leap into one of the top six teams in the East, especially with, again, teams like the Cavs, Philly, and the Nets getting getting better, but also getting more consistent with each other and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they can compete with those elements that those other teams have.
0: Definitely agree with you there. Definitely. Um, Cavs. Cavs, I got them top five. Um the addition of Donovan Mitchell, the progression of an Evan Mobley, and um a Darius Garland. Darius again, like I said earlier, with Darius Garland not having to have so much of the load on him. Um, Isaac Okoro taking another step. If he can take another step, I mean, he's pretty young. This is his what third year, I think, in the league. Um, um, he he's he's their young wing. Um, he's definitely going to be relied on defensively because with a small backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, you are going to need a really sturdy wing defender next to them, and they definitely got the interior locked up with Evan Mobley and and Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, I I think li- I like their backups. I like I like Ricky Rubio if he's healthy. Last year he'd worked wonders for them, including killing the Knicks in the Garden randomly with like eight threes or whatever it was um kevin love is pretty good for them yeah at his advanced age all it all it took for kevin Love was 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 to play some winning basketball again that's all he needed in his life
1: he needed to go back to cleveland too that that was for him
0: (laughs) but yeah um kevin love still pretty good Karis lavert i am i am so low on this dude man i i just don't see it with him man like When he was on the Nets, he was getting all this irrational hype. And, like, as soon as he left the Nets, it all went away. He was on Indiana. Yeah. Um, And then he went to Indiana. He had the, um, the cancer thing. He got that fixed. He's with the Cavs now. He's supposed to be, like, their starting wing. I'm not really all that... I'm not all that moved by it just because he's so inconsistent as a player. And, like, again, he's one of those players that's always hurt too. So we'll see how that goes with him. Um, but, yeah, how do you feel about the Cavs?
1: I think with the Cavaliers, for me, the biggest thing is, as though, even though they got Donovan Mitchell, it's what Evan Mobley is going to be. Mm-hmm. And Mobley was a top three draft pick last year, and he was one of the finalist candidates for Rookie of the Year and almost won it. Yep. He is for real. He is one of the better defensive talents we have seen come, come through the draft. Shoot, he's better than DeAndre Ayton, if you ask me.
0: Oh, yeah, and, for sure.
1: Uh, if I remember correctly, was DeAndre Ayton picked over Luka Doncic? Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, I definitely think that if you believe, if, if, if you have that, that seven-foot guy, even though Luka will turn you all the way around, that seven-foot guy is going to, He's going to change life for you. Joel Embiid changed life. Nikola Jokic changed life. And so I think that Evan Mobley has the chance to turn things around for Cleveland. And the fact that they were even willing to make a move without... And I, and I hate to bring the, this person's name in this conversation because it's not fair to Cleveland. But it's good to see Cleveland actually trying to do something without LeBron James. Facts. And so... It's nice to see that they're supporting their guys, whether it be Evan Mobley or Darius Garland or Jared Allen. It's, it's definitely good to see that they're trying to build something for the future. Like you said, they got those guys locked up for three years, and, and like you said, they're on the same timeline. And so with that, I definitely feel like what they're able to create that some teams don't – well, not some teams don't have. Well, yeah, some teams don't have is that they got young guys coming up together that can mold together, and if, if, if they mesh right – you'll have three people who bought into a system together, like a Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic. If, if the latter, Murray and um, Porter Jr., can stay healthy, that's a dangerous core. And so I feel like this, that, that's what the Nuggets are on the verge of having because, as it presently stands, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are better than Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Yeah. So if Evan Mobley can become a 20-10 and 10 type of guy, I think the Cavs can be a top three team in the East for years to come. But right now, because they have a lot of meshing to do and they still have to figure out what their head coaching situation is going to be long long term, they still have to see if, if who they have now is going to be somebody that they can grow with and move forward. I have them currently somewhere between four and six with the Nets and the Heat. But I'll say this. they have They have the upside to be top three. I just... Because everything has to go right donovan mitchell. yeah everything has to go right like you said and i'm not big on donovan mitchell so i don't know that just seeing his name on paper without seeing how he plays with the team
0: mm-hmm. is
1: enough to say you know what they're top three
0: fair 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 next team charlotte <laughs> we already spoke about them i don't even think that we need to spend much time on them they're probably going to be like one of the worst teams in the league period this Absolutely. year hey
1: being one of the worst teams in the league right now might be, might be the right thing to be.
0: Yeah, so I mean, get me Wemby.
1: Right hey, from what I'm understanding, he is going to change the entire NBA. If if I'm understanding what they're telling me, if I'm understanding the hype around him, the type of prospect they're proclaiming he, it, they're saying he is the best prospect ever.
0: I I I I wouldn't go that far because I don't want to set the kid up for success, to for failure like right. that. But they're
1: saying, but they're saying that he's a better prospect than LeBron James, and LeBron James, no offense to any other prospect, was the best prospect of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I I've seen I've seen Wemby play a couple times. So in person, not in person, but I've watched the oh, okay. games on, watched on, the game. on 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 ESPN two when he was playing against um the G League Ignite against the number two prospect. In this class, this 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 draft class coming up is going to be crazy. I will say so that.
1: I feel like this is a good sweepstakes to be in.
0: It is so, Charlotte. While it, it's 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 bleak now, there is some hope. Even if you don't get number one, if you even get like number two or three, you still end up with a pretty pretty great player. A lot so. of life
1: changing talent that that can take you from zero to hero. The, yeah, and, and pairing that up with LaMelo is, is nothing to scoff at. And if LaMelo is gonna be what everybody's saying he's gonna be, he's going to be one of the the better talents in the NBA.
0: Yeah. Alright, time for our Knicks. Ha <sighs> favorite. Alright, I, I like the offseason that we had. Um I like Jalen I like getting Jalen Runson. I wasn't high on it at first, but it, it took some time. But you know, as fans of teams do they eventually buy into what their team does. I like the I like the addition of Hartenstein, although his last two preseason games I really didn't like them. But I like the elements that he can add to this team. Um I didn't like his last preseason game, but I like the, the game before that in terms of the passing that he adds to this team. Um and 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 his first preseason game he he shot like some threes and he hit them actually which was pretty good to see from a Knicks center being able to stretch the floor. Um, I like this extending RJ, um, Absolutely. pretty good deal, especially seeing now that what guys like Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero got paid, which is <laughs> insanity to me. I
1: mean, maybe, <laughs> I mean, Jordan Poole got paid because of the situation that he's in.
0: And yeah. I think, he, I, think uh, I think, I, I think he, he got, got paid because of Tyler the playoff is. series too. That nugget to series really that. got him paid.
1: Yeah. He was averaging like 28 in that series or something crazy like that.
0: Yeah. So that series definitely got him paid. Um, Tyler Hero just came off six man of the year, so you know he was going to get paid. Um, fans of Miami weren't so thrilled about having to pay him, <laughs> which I think okay. was hilarious. Uh, I don't blame them because like he is, you're paying like on you're paying like what thirty five plus million dollars a year for what a, a bench guy basically. Um, well,
1: who's apparently better than RJ? Yeah, allegedly.
0: allegedly um uh, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah i do like i do i do like the next offseason so far um and i like what i've seen from the team so far in preseason i don't want to get too high on them though because again last year in preseason they played pretty well and then they started the season off pretty well and then it all came crashing down um but yeah i do like what i've seen so far rj has looked like he has taken another step the jump shot looks really good now the yeah. finishing looks improved um, Jalen Brunson looks really good. It's good to have a point guard in New York for once. Yeah. Um, that's actually like young You're and not play basketball. washed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. How do you feel about the Knicks' moves and in going into the season?
1: It, it's definitely a lot. I'm gonna start with definitely the organization. Um, I'm not entirely big on Brunson, but what we didn't have to do is get caught tampering trying to get it. Yeah. I'm going to pull that card immediately because that was unacceptable behavior because now we are losing draft capital, which is trending to be more valuable than it's ever been. So I am not for losing the draft capital to get somebody that you were going to offer them that you, you were going to be his highest offer. And he wanted to be a Nick, and he wanted to be a starter and he wanted to be respected on the new team he was going to. That, all of that screamed the Knicks and therefore there needed to be no tamper in order for
0: in well, order I don't even think there is gonna defense. be any tampering because they've been investigating for three months and you something would have came out nothing. by now already.
1: Okay. Okay, so if we're not if we're if we're not gonna if we're not gonna be fine for it, then that's fine. Yeah I think you.
0: we're good on that end. Like there's nothing so they can really get that's us definitely on. Definitely good. It's a good start. Fibs. huh, he's gotta go. Yeah. Totally he's agree with you go. there.
1: He has to go. If we <laughs> keep Fibs around, he's gonna keep Hindering some of the young guys from developing, and that's yep. been one of the problems with the Knicks. We have not been able to develop some of these guys, and it's becoming a problem because we're having. We've had bad seasons in the past that translated to draft picks, but then we didn't tra we didn't take those draft picks, turn them into players, and then t- and then turn those players into next level. We're just we're getting guys, and the, the the turnover rate is terrible. I don't. i will say this draft pick we kept for four years
0: um i will say this though um i think the young guys that we have so far they've done a good job developing in spite of thibs i will say that like that's
1: that's a credit to them but we can't let thibs hold back our young talent because any longer
0: yes exactly the the
1: league is trending towards young talent so if if we are if we are built to follow the trend and to benefit from the trend, let's not have Thibs hold us back from what we can be. To me, that's a problem. Um, aside from that, again, I'm not big on Prunson, but like you said, we needed a point guard, and he seems ready to assume the responsibility of being a primary scorer and playmaker for the Knicks. And so that's something we've needed for a while. Excuse me. I'm glad he was able to bring it. I'm happy about, about that. Like you said, the RJ deal, that's my favorite move of the offseason. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yep. You must, must, must extend RJ. He is, he's a two-way player whose three-point jump shot is getting better every year. He's mm-hmm. becoming a better and more efficient scorer every year, and he is still a good two-way. He's like, what, six, seven, six, eight at the two? Which means he can still guard threes,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: he's a lefty. Like you said, he's getting better at the finishing. He's been able to get to the rim a bit better. As long as he works on his handle and keeps knocking down those jump shots at the rate he's been knocking them down, he'll, he'll be – he will be perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, preseason he finished up, um, I believe, shooting 50% from three in preseason. Wow.
1: Okay. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. obviously that will be really hard to keep up during the season. Of course. a much higher volume. But shoot, if RJ could shoot 38-plus, we're going to – the Knicks have – a good ceiling the problem i'm having is again fibs and because of the front office and how the organization tends to move this is going to have a job this entire year and that's going to be our problem
0: i i i am i am like pretty much the same way with you i mean last year when i was doing the post game live streams on youtube after every Knicks game dibs was like my number one complaint every single time um of course, after him was Julius Randle because Julius Randle just decided to like shit himself the whole year. Oh yeah. But um yeah, I mean Thibs was like my number one complaint, and I was like so discouraged. I will say this one thing though. Um there at the end of last season, there were some people in the front office that wanted to get rid of him. They decided the other the, the the other voices, I guess decided to give him another chance but if it, it, I think if he comes out this year and the team is bad despite like all these guys getting better getting Jalen Brunson like all all this stuff if the team still is bad I think they will finally get rid of him which is an encouraging thing but i won't I won't be too I won't get too high on that
1: thank you if 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 the Knicks can get off of Thibs, we will be okay. I I believe personally. Yeah. Um. Again, we we were the Knicks were able. Even though I don't like that they were, that some a lot of the picks that we acquired were are protected. Don't 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 get protected picks, man. Go big, go home. Either tell them to give you the pick, unprotected, or Don't go get the pick at all. I don't want to have to give up a, a pick that could potentially be. That guy for us, you know,
2: because mm. it's
1: too high, or it's it's top seven, or whatever the case may or may not be. So I am a little disappointed on that front. But they they acquired, they acquired several future picks and, again from from what I'm seeing. Shoot, in three years might have when I'm the 2.0 and somebody else, you know. So nah. it's like the the way it's been trending as of late. Like we've had Luka, Ja, Trey. Zion, Lamelo, like it's some really generational talents that look like they are here to stay for 12 plus years as all-stars that we've gotten in these last couple years. So if that's what's on the board, you stock your deck so that you have a chance at them. And like I said, the return on investment is going to be crazy. But I did not like giving up Jalen Durant. I did want to see a resume.
0: I'm not too I'm not too bad. I'm not too I'm not too upset about um Jalen Duren just because I think our center rotation is probably one of the better in the one of the best in the league in terms of Mitch, who, my God, in preseason, he was an animal, especially that last game. I mean, Washington didn't know what to do with him. Um Hartenstein, a really good center in terms of passing the ball and like spreading the floor. And then you got Jericho Sims, who jumps out of the building and is our third string center, and he could he could easily be a backup on most teams in the league. So I think our center rotation was pretty solid. I think that's the reason why they didn't keep Durn, and I think the reason why they also didn't keep Durn is because they wanted to um, use Durn to get um, either Jaden Ivey or whoever it may be. But I think I don't think Jalen Durn was ever going to be someone that they kept long term, and I I think it's I think it's fair to like. trust the front office on that on that move at least cuz they have been pretty good in terms of drafting young talent and and keeping them when necessary so um let's move on to the wizards um the wizards are interesting um their all-season additions were Johnny Davis they drafted from Wisconsin who <laughs> I mean, based off what I've seen from him in in um, Summer League and preseason, it is going to be a rough rookie year for him. Um, They got Will Barton from the Denver Nuggets, and also they got Monte Morris from the Denver Nuggets. They also got DeLon Wright, um, Taj Gibson, and yeah. that Those were their main additions. They got Bradley Beal coming back fully healthy now um Porzingis is also back now um but yeah they got a very interesting team I am not really that high on the Wizards um I don't think I'll ever be high on the Wizards just because I I don't think like okay besides after Bradley Beal it's like what Porzingis is option number 2 and after that, that it's what Kyle Kuzma and then I don't know I, how do you feel about the wizards
1: i'm pulling that bradley Beal card that man just got 50 million dollars a year why would you give somebody 50 million dollars a year you don't think can guarantee get you to a playoff series yeah because what are we gonna sit here and tell and, and act like the wizards really genuinely believe that with the roster they have currently assembled in the east they're getting a playoff spot Cause we just talked about eight teams that were confidently better than them in our playoff picks. Oh yeah, Not I'd even, I'd even,
0: I'd even speak about where I, th- I had the the Knicks um located. we didn't even speak about that. But um, going back to the Knicks real quick, let's 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 give where we have them placed. I have them in like the playing range. Okay. If all things go white, right for them, like seven to ten, I think that's fair.
1: You're a kinder Nick fan than I. I unfortunately have them somewhere between eleven and thirteen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um,
0: you're, even, you're even lower than me, man, because when I was talking to my other Knicks people and when I do the live streams, it seemed like I was lower than everyone else on this team. But you're even lower than me, which is which is crazy. I but just, yeah, I I, I I mean, I, I don't blame you. I, 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 I get discouraged when I see Thibs and, and I see Julius Randle on the team still. Yeah. So it, it,
1: I understand it's how it's he could be low, thibs, but yeah. It's, it's such a ceiling. It's such a ceiling. Don't get me wrong. I do think that, I do think that they will be a better team and that they will perform better as a team. I just don't think that it will equate.
0: Translate? Teams. Okay.
1: And I do think that they're still liable to end up losing a lot of games. Like we said, we talked about our eight playoff teams already. I still think teams that get an honorable mention are like Detroit. Uh, I can't, hold on. I got to look at every team because there's somebody. I'm missing the Bulls. Like there, there, there are, there are, there are, there are two to three teams in that nine to eleven range that I do feel like will give the Knicks a run for their money. The Bulls definitely being one of them. Um, Detroit is obviously a lot more frisky on giving the Knicks a run for their money, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of high on the Cade-Ivy combo, so I'm I, I do have them penciled a little bit higher than the Knicks, but depending on the moves that Indiana makes, Indiana can be serious.
0: I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 save the Indiana talk for when we get to Indiana in the standings. Um, going back to the Wizards, though, I mean, yeah, I I I am super low on the Wizards. I don't, I have them like low end playing maybe, but like they could probably be lotto, lotto team. Yeah. But yeah,
1: um, a tick over the Hornets. Um, obviously, it's if you couldn't tell, the Pacers are kind of my dark horse pick.
0: Mm, okay. Um, so.
1: It, so aside from my dark horse playoff team and the Pacers, um, yeah, I do, I, do, I, do, I do agree that the Wizards are around that 11 to 14 range. I do think the Hornets will probably consistently be worse than them just because of how they'll start off the season and they're, they're missing their 23 PPG type of score, and that's going to matter. All
0: right, let's move on to Indiana. You got to give me a reasoning for why you have them as a dark horse.
1: Burton. Man. I'm a believer. And to be truthfully honest, I'm a believer of Miles Turner as well. I, I think Miles set Miles center. Miles Turner is one of he's one of the new age prototype centers. He's not Joel Embiid, he's not Nicole Jokic, he's not dominant, he's not, he's not, you know, filling the stats and, and having that super duper heavy impact and gravitation that those centers have. But a three and D center who can really shoot and who can really play defense, to me, it's, it, it, it's really helpful because in a time where bas- basketball can at times be positionless, I feel like if Miles Turner can stretch the floor as a seven-footer, that opens a lot of opportunities for guards to get to the paint, for, for forwards to have open jump shots. And I think that with that three and D center, it opens up a lot for them. Because he can real well, I, I I think he could shoot, and I think that he could be a real problem. It's just that injury history suggests that he's not gonna do anything that I just said.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 not that I'm I'm low on the Pacers in terms of um the whole season. Um I'm low on I've always been low on Miles Turner. Um he's an okay shooter, 33% um most of his his last couple years he's been but also i just don't think he's gonna be on this team long term like miles turner has been he's been consistently in he's been consistently in um trade rumors for the pacers for like the last like four or five years um i think eventually like this has to be the year where he actually gets moved um so i don't think he's gonna be there long term so that's what i would say to your point about him and how, what he adds to this team um like I do think, like a team, like if if the Lakers get off to a pretty rough start, they might look to like just be like, all right, f it, we're gonna send Russ with these two picks over to Indiana, they bring she, us Miles Turner.
1: Send Russ with the two picks. Let's not act like Russ and, let's not act like Miles Turner and Buddy Hill is not exactly what the Lakers are asking for. They're asking for somebody to take the pressure off of Anthony Davis as a defender in the paint. And somebody who can stress the floor. You're literally getting two people who can shoot the three. And yeah, but the is thing is maybe with maybe. the
0: Lakers, the Lakers never wanted to give up two first round picks for it. So I'm saying if if things come to that point in the beginning of the regular season, they might just have to, just their hand might forward. just be forced to do it anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the reason why I think like Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, they'll both be gone. So I don't. I I really think and I think also are have to blow it up, huh?
1: Essentially, the Pacers are going to blow it up.
0: Well, I think they already started to blow it up since last year. I mean, getting rid of... Um, who did they trade? Um, Sabonis. When they traded Sabonis, I think that was the, the beginning of the end of them trying to be a playoff team. Um, they got rid of Sabonis. Um, they got rid of Brogdon this offseason. I think they really wanted to get rid of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner before the season started, but the Lakers were just being stingy with their picks. Um But yeah, I do think like Pacers, they do want to go full young team rebuild. Like even like T.J. McConnell, I think could be on his way out. I think a lot of teams would could use a T.J. McConnell in terms of like a backup guard that's like defensive minded and whatnot. But yeah, I think I think that the Pacers they do want to tear it down, like get rid of these last couple of guys from the last regime and just like go full young guys. I mean, we saw that they wanted to get DeAndre Ayton, who's a pretty young center. Um, so I think that's the timeline that they're aiming for, and, and Mouse is a pretty young guy still too, but he's not on the le- like age range of like a Halliburton, a Matherin, or even um injury bro. Matherin is going
1: to be something crazy.
0: Yeah, he went off on us on that preseason game. He was bugging.
1: The one that we won.
0: The one that we lo- the only one that we lost. He was bugging. He had um, what was it? He had twenty seven points. No, he yeah he had twenty seven points.
1: Wasn't it like crazy efficient?
0: Yeah, eight for eight for eight for thirteen from the field and eleven for twelve from free throws. Yeah,
1: that's gonna be tough to compete with.
0: Yeah, he he was he was walling, but yeah, um, yeah. I think Pacers they're gonna be one of those lower end teams in the Wemby sweepstakes. I think, rightfully so. I mean they they need to add more young talent oh, to they, their they core. Uh the huh.
1: I so said they have to restock the deck. They got yep. Like you said, they started the rebuild. I don't feel like trading Sabonis for Halliburton is a full rebuild, but I can understand the premise that it is a rebuild. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's more of a change of direction because there was a limit on what they were able to accomplish with Sabonis, and they kind of already explored those options. So it's like, all right, yeah, you know, if Sabonis is like, you know, he could barely get us to the seed, We might as well, you know, either fully commit to the losing path or. Fully commit to the winning path, and we're too far away from the winning, so we might as well just commit to the losing and restart. But I agree. I still yep. think they could be frisky if they keep the buddy
0: healed in the Miles turn. Mm, okay. Okay, that's an interesting take there. Um, Detroit Pistons. I already said I like their off earlier. Um, you know, I like the, the 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 progression of a Cade Cunningham. Um, I like. I like some of the other guys that they have on the team, like Sadiq Bey and um, Isaiah Stewart. <clears throat> um, in terms of veterans that they got during the offseason, I do like Alec Burks. Well, I mean, as a Knicks fan, I know pretty well what Alec Burks can do when he's placed in the right role um, and not having to play point guard all the time. So having Alec Burks as, like, your your wing or, like, your your two – I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good um, role to have him in, and even having him off the bench is pretty good as well. Um, Boyang Bardanovich that they got from the Utah Jazz, I th- that's going to be really good for them. Um, and yeah, I mean we we spoke about Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran and what they're going to do for them as well. Um, I just think that overall it's going to be like they're going to be an interesting team. I I, I have them in the playing range as well. I think they're they're gonna be they're gonna be able to compete for maybe like that nine ten spot, yeah. um. But yeah, and
1: I'm gonna touch over the Knicks just because um, um um I like to believe in Cade Cunningham. I mean, I, I I it's hard because of the his progression. He did he he played a, a a really good rookie season, and depending on which skills he's able to build upon and make a foundation of his game in the NBA. I do think that they have the potential again, like you said. Well, me personally, I'd say maybe that nine ten range. Like, you could be a playoff, you could be a playing team, but you could very. I feel like they can as easily be a playing team as they cannot. So, they can they can easily fall out of where they believe they are, and they can easily become that that tenth team who unfortunately loses the first game and then no more playing. But I do think Ivy has a spark to bring. Um, he, he reminds me of John ja Morant, even though I'm not big on Ja Morant. He's definitely a more refined shooter than Ja Morant was coming into the league. And so I, hopefully that gets him off to a better start. But I do, I, like you said, Sadiq Bey, he's, he improved really well last year. So I definitely think that with Sadiq Bey, the Jaden Ivy, they got Jalen Dern, who, again, I, I thought was pretty. Decent draft choice relative to where he was picked, and Cade Cunningham. I like the ceiling, and because I like to believe the better of teams at times, I, I do think that that Detroit can come in at number ten.
0: Definitely, um, and last but not least, we have the Orlando Magic. Um. I've seen some people that are really that are higher on the Orlando magic um than at least me um I do like their what they what they accomplished in terms of who they acquired um in the draft um and like the overall direction of their team um so they got in the draft they got C- Caleb Houston from Michigan, really good shooter has been shooting it really well in preseason as well um uh, and Paolo Banquero. And we know Palo Ben He is, he is, he is good. We know that for sure. Um, they did. They did also acquire Bobo, who I saw was in preseason the other day. Um, they've been using him in like re- these really tall lineups. Um, I also really like um, what one move that I didn't like from them was getting Gary Harris. I like keeping him. I was just like. I don't understand because he doesn't really fit like the age range of this team. Like him and Terrence Ross are the oldest players on this team at 28 and 31 years old. Um, Meanwhile, everyone else is from the age range of about 19 to 25. So he's kind of outside of that range as well as he, he's, he's somewhere that he's someone that I think would be more on a win now team. But other than that, I, I, I think like the rest of their team is pretty, um, fleshed out pretty well um, one player that I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play is Franz Wagner um, I was checking out some of his games on uh, in um, Eurobasket and he looks like he's going to take another step this year so he was already good in his rookie year and if he continues on that that's like a pretty good foundation for them to have with him and Paolo Banquero starting it out
1: I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do with the um. Because because if if, I know they have Bobo, Bo, but Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., Palo Bancuro, and Bobo? Bo, yeah, that's a lot of big go bodies. There? And it sounds like Bancuro's getting first choice of the minutes, followed by probably Wendell Carter Jr., but it's like, what was the point of Mo Bamba and Bobo Bo if you're just going to say, hey, two yeah, guys who up. are a little bit smaller than you, you know, go get out on the floor and, and do whatever it is you guys do. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if getting the bold bold was the move again because his height and skill set to a varying degree. it the, the return on investment can be very, very high. But at the same time, it's like, will you even be able to invest in Wendell Carter, I mean not Wendell Carter Jr., Bo Papa and Bo Bo if you invest in the Van Kiro. Because from what I'm understanding, not only is Ben Kiro the runaway rookie for the year, but everyone is very, very high on Ben Kiro. They like the game that he's playing, they like how he's playing. And quite frankly, if that's the case, I just don't know that what they're doing this year will translate to wins to the point where I think they're in the Wemby sweet stakes and I think they're one of the better teams in it. don't get me wrong. I mean, Cole Anthony improved a little bit last year, but he's kind of small and I don't know if the NBA is going to catch up with him because he fell off a lot last year. He started off the season pretty well, yeah, he but he didn't end it really off odd. like that. Wait, I'm sorry.
0: He killed us early on last year. I mean, he had like a yeah. No, he was killing eight. us.
1: But then once once we got to the latter half of the season, he started looking very uh regular. If that's even the word. No bad. <laughs> no bad. So I definitely no bad. think that if the Magic want to make some noise and not be in the Wemby sweepstakes, they're gonna have to figure out that big man rotation, or they're gonna have to try and get some value out of one of them via trade.
0: Hmm. Okay okay um i like i think I think they're gonna start wendell carter jr because he's i think he's been their best their best center um these he's last way
1: better than Mo Bamba.
0: yeah Mo Bamba has been very inconsistent um he ch- they're trying to have him as a floor spacer big um he's also like not that consistent from three as well um but yeah and I mean this team always has like it feels like every year they always have injury concerns Markel Fultz is starting off the year with, I forgot what injury it was, but he is out to start this year, I believe. Um, I think he hurt his thumb or something like that.
1: With all the injuries he has, at this point, it doesn't make a difference once he's
0: out. And then Jonathan Isaac, it feels like he's been out, like, forever with with whatever happened to his knee. Um, I think he tore his ACL. But, like, he hasn't seen, like, game minutes since 2020
1: wow the NBA is definitely progressing these guys are not you know like they once were in the NBA
0: yeah so I wonder what they're gonna do with Jonathan Isaac if he ever even comes back um but yeah I feel like yeah I feel like the Magic they will probably also yeah I agree with you they'll be in the Wemby sweepstakes um they got a lot of young talent but I don't think it's they're all gonna be fully fleshed out to the point where they can like make some noise in the east um, even towards that playing range, I just don't see it right now. Um, and I think that concludes. Um, I mean, we can get into like really briefly who we think are like some award candidates from, um, the East. Um, for me, MVP candidates are obviously Joel Embiid, um, Jason Tatum, um, Giannis um coach of the year i could see um i could see nick nurse and eric Spoelstra being candidates for coach of the year um and rookie of the year i can see um matherin and um jaden Ivey, as well as ben Carroll being candidates for rookie of the year um most improved i got My boys from the Knicks, either Jalen Brunson or R.J. Barrett, I think they can both be candidates for I like those. I like those. I think they can both easily be candidates for most improved player. Jalen Brunson obviously stepping into an expanded role. R.J. Barrett, um, just coming off this contract, he has the storyline of, you know, he was included in the Donovan Mitchell trades. You know, if he comes out this year, his efficiency is stepped up. The numbers are stepped up. The Knicks are, like, looking better in terms of, like, the team is playing better on the floor. He definitely has that going for him. And if, if they end up winning more games than expected, it's even more icing on the cake for that award. But I think it's, I think it's those two right now. It's their award to lose, to be honest.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, with most improved, I got to go with my Dark Horse team, Halliburton. Man, I really think he's going to step into a, a 20 PPG type of role this year.
2: Mm, okay. I, definitely
1: think, I definitely think Halliburton's going to be making that step into all-star and letting the league know that, hey, I'm here to stay and I'm one of them. So I'm, I'm big on Halliburton for that. I actually might also say Cade. Because even though Cade had a fairly decent year last year statistically, I do think there, there's a lot of room for growth, and especially on the defensive end with – because he's 6'6", right?
0: Um, he is six seven, so about six eight ish. I would yeah. say
1: six seven, six eight with good athleticism. I definitely think that if if he gets more motivated on both sides of the ball, that Cade Cunningham could definitely win Most Improved Player as well.
0: I will say this though: they are really the NBA has been like really harsh on giving it to second year guys. I mean, John Morant got it. John Morant was a third year guy. Yeah, they, they will never give it to a second year guy. Like Tyrese Maxey was in the running for it last year, but like there was no way he was gonna win it because like they just don't give it to second year guys.
1: It's that's weird. A, that's a good point. I never, I never, I never, I never, I never personally noticed that. But I do think that 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 Kate Cunningham is in a position like that because oh for sure, just because of how many games they won last season, the type of year they had last year, and the expectations of that team. So I think just with even though. The addition of and he may be what changes everybody's expectations for the for the Pistons. I do think his play is going to be part of the reason that people are going to believe that the Pistons are going to be one, not a better team in the East because they're probably not going to be top eight, but they'll be better than what they were last year, and I do think his numbers will take a job. Mm. MVP, like you said, you said Joel Embiid, Giannis, those are two guys you always got to include. Mm-hmm. I. I wanna say this. I'm not happy about it. But I do think Kevin Durant can win MVP this year. Okay. I think if they're able to push to push aside all of the nonsense that they've been through, and, and Kevin Durant really steps up and cuts all this, move him, move him, or I don't I can't work with him or or fire him. I think if he gets if he can get past all of that, he has the potential to be a driving factor in the next success, obviously. But I guess with Ben Simmons and him not playing last year, a lot of people are going to say that their improvement will be to Ben Simmons. So maybe KD might be a little tough to win that. But Giannis all still isn't bad. I personally like KD from the East at least. Okay. I, did, did I do rookie. Eddie? Oh yeah, come on, rookie Eddie is Power Ben Carroll, man. I, I I don't know which preseason, preseason game it was, but he was tweaking.
0: I don't know. I he wouldn't was, give it to him all the way, but I do definitely think he's going to be a front runner for it. He he
1: has he has to be the front runner for it, absolutely. Um, my low key rookie is 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 Walker Kessler. I do think in he's Utah, in Utah
0: though. Really,
1: oh, I'm bugging. That's the West. <laughs> Ooh, that was that was my dark horse um, rookie of the year. I really wanted to get that one off. <laughs> East. Yeah, no, it has to be Baker
0: you not feeling Matherin or um, or what you call it, Ivy?
1: I like Ivy. I just think that Ivy's playing in a situation where he's next to Cade, and so I don't think mm, that okay.
0: his numbers are going to be entirely reflective of what
1: he's bringing to the Piston versus somebody else like Ben Kiro and, and Matherin, whose, whose numbers are going to be a direct reflection of what they're bringing to their teams respectively i do like mathurin i just feel like he's a little too under the radar for most nba media to say hey let's give him rookie of the year unless he just has a wild season but i, I think if he has a comparable season apollo bankiro with Banquero being bankiro they're, they're gonna give it to him.
0: fair fair
1: because the nba has a lot of politics in it
0: oh for sure too many And what you call it, Coach of the Year? Or you don't you got any? Oh, Coach of the
1: Year, Nate McMillan.
0: Mm, Okay. I, from I, the really, Hawks? Do, I
1: really do think the Hawks can can do something last year. They fell out of the playoffs last year, right?
0: <clears throat> yeah, they were in the play-in, but they made it as a as the eighth seed.
1: Okay, so they so then they played who in the first round?
0: Miami and Trey Young got Fox, embarrassed
1: and got swept. I definitely do think they'll improve upon their record last year, but I also think that they'll look like a more legitimate contender ready for the playoffs. And even though those, you know, being a playoff team doesn't necessarily make anyone coach of the year, I do think that the aura that this team is a lot more serious and and more built for the playoffs, considering that they will take a jump from where they were last year, I do think Nate McMillan is going to get a lot of credit for it because he's going to have to mesh. That the Murray with Trey Young, not to mention, he still has to figure out something with John Collins and Clint Capella. And so I do think that Nate McMillan will not be a front runner, but I do think he's somewhere in that, if not, if not top three for Coach of the Year, he, he could squeeze in. But you know who might get it to? Whoever's stepping in for the Celtics.
0: Mmm, okay.
1: If the Celtics do what they did last year, they, they, they low key have to give it to him like mm, because okay. we can say that it is obviously this is just what the Celtics are but again I feel like we have to give Ime and Doka a lot of the credit for what the Celtics were able to be and so I feel like if somebody else comes in and follows that up and it builds upon it it makes it look as maybe just as good as it did last year I do think it'll be worth serious consideration for for him
0: okay okay fair 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 All fair points. Um, I think that concludes our Eastern Conference preview. Um, Jaleel, thank you for coming on. Anything to plug before you head on out? Go Knicks. Yes, sir. Um, I will plug the Strickland as always. Most people that are listening probably already know that I am on the Strickland YouTube channel. Um, doing post game throughout the whole next season as well as trying to do this podcast so doing a lot of juggling these days but i will make sure to bring you guys as many of these episodes as possible uh but make sure y'all tap in over at the strickland i will leave a link to that in the description um and we out of here <laughs>